see. Seems a little different this morning, doesn't it? What a blessing to have the youth and younger youth group and elementary helping out this morning. Why it's different? Oh, I forgot about the people. I'm sorry, I forgot about you all watching there. Why is it different? You mean because of... <laughs> I'm not sure what you're talking about. Snow. We're glad to have you. Oh, the snow, yeah. <laughs> well, they, I think they know that. Well, We're no, just... Well, that's true, I guess. You don't all know, do you? So the only reason we got here was because Andrew went ahead of us with his pickup and plow. Right. The reason why we got here is because Andrew went ahead of us with his pickup and plow. And even then, it was risky because it was the snow was pretty high. We've been getting a steady snow for a while. Yeah, but we do welcome you all. To be yes, with us. we so welcome you. Why don't we stand and we'll greet each other? And if you want to come a little closer, we're going to be right here. So if you want to join in the middle, that's great. Oh, is there? Okay. Kids can go to kids' for church. The elementary. Yep, there's a few kids here. Okay. Awesome. Very good. And the rest of you, let's let's greet each other. And we'll get up here so you can figure that out. Let's see. So normally before, when we've had snow, Steve's really good about keeping the boardwalk or uh, scooped off, but today he looked out and it's like, forget it. <laughs> I'm not going to do that first. So I went first with my boots on, made tracks. He followed in my tracks. And um, I thought I saw Peter and Linnea sitting there a while ago today. I think they were here, weren't they? I was wondering if she had to leave. For... Are you sure you saw them? Well, I thought I did. <laughs> did you? I didn't see them. Did anyone well, else? Bobby Joe says no. She, they weren't there? <laughs> well, maybe we're supposed to pray for them then. Yeah, we do. Thank you, Lord. We lift up Peter and Linnea right now. Just thank you, Father, for your peace and your calm on them, Lord, as they're nearing the time with the delivery of their first child. Thank you, Father, your favor in every way. Father, in the daytime, in the nighttime, thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. So we're waiting for Steve to finish chewing his date. <laughs> If you've ever wondered that, at Aldi's, these, they have this bag of awesome dates. Yeah, and um, he's discovered big ones. He's discovered if he'll chew on them, is this kind you spit out the pit? Mm -hmm. So if you see him spit out a pit from the front row, that means he was, yeah, he's got it. 
but it gives him energy. So anyway, he brings his little bag of dates, and I'm waiting for him to finish chewing it, because he has the message. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Well, I usually eat it while they're doing the offering thing. But today we didn't have that, so we do pray blessing over the tithes and offerings. And those of you that give online too, Father, we just thank you that no matter what the economy is, you take care of us. And you see to it that we are taken care of. <clears throat> but we do want to give. We, we give of our tithes and offerings because... One thing, we trust you, but we love you, and we know you've shown us to do that, and we do know that you will always take care of us financially. We're so thankful for that, Lord. In Jesus' name, and I do agree with those prayers of Joyce there for Linnea and Peter, but Lord, as we know, the due date is coming soon, this week. And so we just cover them with prayer now in Jesus' name. For a safe and good delivery of that little girl that's on the way. In Jesus' name, and everyone in agreement said, Amen. Isn't that a blessing, though, to have the, the young folks up here leading us in yes. worship? And the freedom that I sensed with them there, too. And Kylie, the Ventassels, Luke and uh, Lauren were here early. He was doing the parking lot with Andrew, but then they were working on baking stuff for the coffee bar, making coffee. And so, but then at one point I saw Kylie, did she go up to you, Joy? It's like, can I sing too or something? And they got her a mic, I love it. In the meantime, her little sister, Kenley, I said, are you free to help me start carrying down Easter flowers and stuff from our little storage room? For Grandma Sue will be one of them that works on that and uh, for the stage area. So it was fun doing things like that together. That's what we like. We really liked it. And Ruth Allison was doing it a few weeks ago. That's Johnson. And uh, it's great. And our young people, the youth, you just see that. We're so thankful for that. Little kids. My little kids received Jesus as just little kids. Yeah. And a lot of that is, you know, the prayers of their parents coming to bringing them to that place where they receive. And uh, grandparents and great-grandparents. And you know, it can go way back. I know when we pray for our, like, grandchildren and even their future spouses and so forth, we go on, we say until as many as will come until Jesus returns. I mean, you know, it's important to pray for our children to receive the Lord in the first place. And that's something I want to share with. It's, I'm going a little different, somewhat same direction I had planned before, but 
Sometimes days like this, the Lord has something kind of interesting or different. Uh, but uh, see, my parents, my grandparents, great-grandparents, and I would, I'm thinking maybe way back to Holland, to the Netherlands. That's where my ethnic roots are in the Netherlands, across the sea, that uh, they were praying a similar thing praying for their children and their grandchildren and their grandchildren's spouses all the way down till Jesus comes. You say, well, I didn't have that. I haven't had that. I'm the first one. Well, you can start the chain now. You can start it now. You can start it now. Amen. But there is something to that when our parents and grandparents and all them, they're praying for us. And I know they were praying for me. I just know that. I have the sense they're still even praying from heaven now. I can't necessarily prove that from the word, but I bet you can't disprove it either. <laughs> I've asked a number of people when I knew they were close to making that transition, please continue to pray for us here. Sometimes they're called the church triumphant. I mean, they're the ones that have passed from the faith, walking by faith to walking by sight. But um, I received the Lord really young. And I remember I would always say, you know, like if we had classes for new believers or for people just starting to come to the church through the years, oftentimes I'd be teaching that class or Joyce helped me or other elders. But remember this one in particular, and it's when we were in the sanctuary over where the fellowship hall is now. And I remember Chantel Dudley was in the class. And uh, and others, maybe there's some of you that were in there, but we had a circle of people there. And I got to the part in the series of teachings where I asked them to share when they had received Jesus as their Savior. And I had done that before, and every time I, when it came to me, then I would just say, well, I, I don't remember. But okay, we go around the circle and started the person on my right and went all the way around. Everybody was sharing, you know, when it, when they had received the Lord. And um, then it came to me and they were all looking at me and said, well, how about you? And I was about to say, you know, I just don't remember. It was when I was really young and I don't remember. But right at that moment, I had this illumination, revelation, and I saw myself sitting in this church in Anvil, Kentucky, when I was probably about three years old. And I realized something happened there. We were sitting you know, as you face the front, I was over on the right side and I was probably the th around the third pew back. And 
on that side, like where, if this was the last pew, you're like about where Jimmy's sitting there now. Yeah, okay. Okay, so you go on the right side. This. So what's, why do I bring this up now? Because my brother Tim and his wife Kathy just happened to be in this church this week, and they sent me this picture. And I saw it, and that's what I remembered. I said, wow, is that the same church? But anyway, going back to in this class, you know, here all of a sudden I could see this. I saw this. And I saw myself sitting in that pew. They're called pews. Back then, some of you don't know what a pew is, maybe. And the evangelist was there. See, this was a, my parents, my dad pastored in the Reformed Church in America, the denomination. And uh, this was a mission outreach of the Reformed Church in America there in Anvil, Kentucky. And we had gone to visit it. And that night we went to a service and there was an evangelist and he had an altar call. That's something that I had never probably seen before, an altar call. And in that place, right there, in that place, third pew over on the right side, I was sitting in my mom's, next to her on her lap. The Holy Spirit touched my heart and I wanted to go farther forward, but I was scared to. And so then we got in the car and... Because the evangelist had an altar call. Because he had an altar call. It was a powerful message. And I didn't go forward. But then in the car on the way back to wherever we were staying, I started crying. I was in my mom's lap again. And I started crying. And mom said, Stevie, what's wrong? That's what she called me, Stevie. And uh, what's wrong, Stevie? I says, I didn't go forward, so I can't have Jesus in my heart. And she says, Stevie, we can pray right now. We can pray right here that you can receive Jesus in your heart. See, all this came back to me. I mean, all I, I didn't remember this, right? I mean, you know, I would always say that. I don't remember when I received the Lord. But then they're in that group. As we were doing it, the Lord showed that to me. And then here this week, this last week, he showed me that picture. And I saw the picture. And wow, that did something to me when I saw it because it just confirmed what I felt I had seen there, but I told Tim, I says, how old is that building? You know, I thought, was it there when we were there, like in 1954? And so he went and he, he saw on the cornerstone in 1917, it had been built. And so that was kind of neat. I kind of liked that. 
But you see, it's a thing of praying. Prayers are powerful. Our prayers are powerful. On down through the generations, from generation to generation, the prayers are powerful. Prayers are powerful. They're eternal. Never thought of that before. Spirit-inspired prayers are eternal. Wow. So let's keep praying. The Holy Spirit is saying that right now. He said, those inspired by the Holy Spirit prayers and deeper levels of prayer, the Lord's calling us to deeper places of prayer, deeper levels of prayer, and praying in the Spirit. Praying in the Spirit. Those that have that prayer language. That's what we're teaching on, by the way. We did last week on Wednesday on, on varieties of tongues, it's called, in 1 Corinthians 12, what is the last, one of the last verses of that For chapter. For touch point. For touch point. And we're going to be doing it again this week. Maybe one more, maybe a few more. I would encourage you to watch that if you haven't seen it yet. Um, but the prayers of God's people walking deeper in that prayer life, in that place. You know, there's always growth. There's always room for growth. We've never arrived. And you know what? There's always growth in our lives for developing and growing in a lifestyle of forgiveness, of grace and forgiveness toward others. People in our lives, whatever relationship they may be, in their family or in the workplace, in the school, in the church, that we're growing in that lifestyle of grace and forgiveness. And as we mature in our walk with God, and love increasingly is the motivator of our words and our actions, we will develop a lifestyle or a bent toward forgiveness. You know what I mean by a bent? You're bent toward forgiveness. It becomes like our default setting. Grace and forgiveness. I'm talking about coming to a place in our life where we're living our life with a forgiving attitude. The Bible, it says that love will cover a multitude of sins. To cover sin is to forgive it, and, to, and genuine forgiveness is only possible with God's love. You know, genuine forgiveness comes through God's love. It says in 1 Peter 4, verse 8, and this is from the Amplified Classic, 
Above all things, have intense and unfailing love for one another. For love covers a multitude of sins, forgives and disregards the offenses of others. See, that's a lifestyle of grace and forgiveness. I mean, it doesn't even get offended. Anybody hearing what I'm saying here? Do you understand? Let's read that again. Why don't you read it this time, Joyce? Above all things, have intense and unfailing love for one another. For love covers a multitude of sins, forgives and disregards the offenses of others. And then Proverbs 10 Verse 12, and this is the Amplified Bible, not the classic, but the newer one. It says, hatred stirs up strife, but love covers and overwhelms. Love overwhelms all transgressions. That's when you've been transgressed. That's when somebody does you wrong. when there's an actual doing of wrong. Yeah. Somebody done somebody wrong. Song. Some of your older folks maybe remember that old country song. But forgiving and overlooking another's faults. Faults. There's nobody here that doesn't have some fault. We aren't faultless. You aren't faultless. So what are we going to do about it? Joy's not faultless. What are we going to do about it in our lives? Are we going to have a bent toward covering faults? You say, well, yeah, but how about if I love somebody enough so much that I want to see them change and grow from that fault? Bingo, there you hit it. They need to know you love them. If they really know you love them, then you come to them with a word of constructive correction or criticism, you might call it. It's going to help. Otherwise, it's not going to help anyway. Joyce and I love each other, so once in a while we have constructive. Criticism. (laughs) For one another. You betcha. (laughs) Lord, bring it forth. Bring it forth. You know, this kind of can flow in line with, you know, instead of having an unforgiving attitude, having a forgiving attitude. Instead of having judgmental attitude or bent, you know, having that grace attitude. Instead of having a critical, they were always inclined to a critical attitude, 
They're always inclined to find what's wrong. Might be 50 wonderful things about a person, but we see that one thing that's wrong. That's where we zero in. That's what's called a critical attitude. And then that means we're inclined to criticize and often severely and unfavorably. But in these days too, we see, and I see the songs again, were just flowing right with the heart of the Lord today. They really were. And then the one on revival, that's wonderful. Because that's what we're praying for, that's what we're believing for. This Jesus Revolution movie, you know, we've been talking about for a few weeks, it originally was supposed to be, it was going to be in Bemidji one day, I guess. I At least the way we understood it. But now it's been there, it's still there. Uh, and it's been very large crowds. But it's not just in Bemidji, it's across the whole United States. I mean, they thought it's just exceedingly, abundantly exceeded expectations as far as people that have gone to that movie. It's coming forth. It's happening, I believe. But you see, what was needed, if you saw the movie, you saw it already, but in that church, they had to open up their hearts to people that weren't like they were. You know, we can have a religious spirit, a pharisaical spirit. We can't have that in these days that are before us now. We want the doors of this church to be open to everyone. Do I hear an amen, somebody? Amen. You know, that's what we want. Just this week, Joyce, sometimes when we're on our way into Bemidji or something, Joyce will read me an article while I'm driving in, and this week she read this article, and it's by Craig Hagen. It's out of, and I asked her, I says, you got to keep that one. At some point, I think it's going to fit in to read that, and I think this is the time right now. So Joyce, you want to put it on here? Craig Hagen is Kenneth E. Hagen's um, grandson from Rima Bible College in Tulsa, Oklahoma, Broken Arrow, mm. Oklahoma. And it's entitled Judge Not, and there's a gavel, a judge's gavel there, but there's a subheading that says we have to remember to forget. And so this came in uh, the September magazine already. So I think I read it to you before this week. I've been well, saving you, it. Oh. Yeah. But you read it again this week, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Okay. So he says, I'm all about winning souls. Now more than ever, we need to be sharing the gospel. More people on earth have not accepted Jesus as their savior than those who have. We need to be bringing in the end time harvest. Some churchgoers, however, have an idea of how Christians should look and act. The sad part is that if someone doesn't fit that mold, they're not always welcome in church. 
Christians will say they're all about winning the lost. They say they want outsiders to come to their church. But when someone shows up who do, does not look the way they look, that visitor is often judged. I would even say smell. Smell the way you think they should smell. Of course, we greet the visitor with, glad to have you here this morning. But when they sit down, the greeter turns to a fellow saint and says, do you see that guy? He has a nose ring. He's covered with tattoos. Someone else might say, do you see what she's wearing? There's no way around it. Comments like that are judgmental. My personal belief is that judging others is one of the worst sins. Unfortunately, it's usually not the sinner committing this sin. It's the Christian. The Bible clearly says, do not judge others and you will not be judged. Matthew 7, verse 1. It's not for us to judge. Let God be the judge. We should look for good in people. I personally give people the benefit of the doubt and try to analyze why are they acting like they are. That's really good. It's better to err that way than to judge the person. I've also talked to several people who have left their church because they believe people in the congregation were judgmental toward them. Sometimes people aren't welcomed because they're outsiders. There's a, they're a little different from us. But instead of talking about them, we should be willing to learn something about them by developing a relationship with them. We probably all know believers who gave their lives to Christ but had a hard time walking the way they should. They often stop coming to church. They may start hanging out with the wrong crowd. When we see them, we should welcome them with open arms and encourage them to get back in the right crowd. Unfortunately, backsliders often don't come back to church because they don't want to be judged. We, in quote, holier-than-thou Christians, unquote, are quick to say, we're not judgmental. But what is the first thing we say if we see a wayward brother or sister? They're so-and-so. You remember what they did? God doesn't love sin, but he loves sinners. Jesus said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him, whoever believes in him, whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. This is what Christianity is all about. 
We see Jesus' attitude towards sinners in John 8, verses 1 through 11. A woman caught in the act of adultery was brought before Jesus. Some religious leaders wanted to stone her, but Jesus never condemned her. He never lectured her. The woman knew she had done wrong. Sinners don't need a life lesson on how sin can kill them. They need someone who will love them in spite of their sin. They need someone who will tell them God still loves them. A big lie of the devil is that God doesn't love people when they mess up. I think a lot of Christians actually believe that. It's obvious by how they talk when someone trips up and sins, and it's clear by the attitude they project. But Jesus loves everybody. He died for all mankind. We need to have that same love for sinners. The book of Luke records a story of a man named Zacchaeus. He was a tax collector who robbed people by collecting more taxes than they owed. When Zacchaeus heard Jesus was passing through, he was curious. He wanted to see who this Jesus guy was. Because he was so short, Zacchaeus climbed a tree so he could see. When Jesus came near, he called to him and said, Zacchaeus, make haste, come down, for today I must stay at your house. That's Luke 19.5. People in the crowd weren't happy. They couldn't believe Jesus would stay at the home of a sinner. Jesus didn't care what Zacchaeus was. He knew what Zacchaeus could be. Jesus was willing to break bread with a sinner. And because Jesus hung out with this man, that man's life was changed. We're all praying for the rain and for the end time harvest. But we should know that these newborn Christians will probably be different from our church culture. Let's resolve not to judge them. We don't want to turn anyone away or tell them how bad they are. We're here to tell people that God loves them and cares about them. So let's get out of our comfort zone and welcome everyone in. Can anyone say amen to that? Hallelujah. What? I said, Lord, help us, because actually I just had the flash. We have that when we have our Red Umbrella thrift store open for sales. We get all kinds, all kinds. We get the ones that look nice, that talk nice, that smell nice. 
and then we get the opposite. And the thing of Jesus' love, joy, Sarah, we know that, Andrew, when he's there too, there's something that we're, I would say you have to overlook. You have to overlook. You have to, the thing of, you have to overlook the smell or the foul language coming from them or what they're wearing. And, um, yeah, or, or for look, us. Look, and like in Proverbs 10, 12, it says, hatred stirs up strife, but love covers and overwhelms all transgressions, yes. forgiving yes. and overlooking another's faults. I think that's why I got, I kept reading that. Whoever believes in him, because it's led to, there's sometimes after the person or persons leave, we will, we'll just speak a prayer for them. We don't know their names. But um, because I'm not running the till, Joy runs the till, and Sarah's right there. I'm more free to walk around, and so is Andrew. And there's been some interesting uh, conversations because what they, what they really need is they need you to actually look at them, their eyes, look in their eyes. And I know any of us, wherever you might be in the community too, when someone looks in your eyes, there's that love of Jesus looking back at that other person. It's wonderful because there's a light there, it has a drawing. It's so real. It's, his love is so real. So anyway. We'll just wrap this up or close this with, Lauren, I'm going to jump down to Colossians 3.13 there. Um, it's down a few scriptures. And um, it says, be tolerant with one another. The antonym I looked that up, or the, uh, it means not complaining or not being impatient with one another and forgive one another whenever any of you has a complaint, blame, fault, quarrel against someone else, you must forgive. Okay, I have to insert this. Wait a minute, I need to see that. So I have something with Steve. Many mornings, be tolerant. What was the one before that? What did it say? I don't know. Not complaining. Heard? Don't complain. <clears throat> because he, for breakfast, eats... What are those in the can? Sardines. Fish. Fish. Stinky fish. He buys them online. Great big thing. They come 12 in a box. Literally, he goes through the boxes. Bobby, Joey goes through it. We do not eat breakfast together in the morning because I... And the newest one he's trying is what? Mackerel? 
Holy mackerel. It is so powerful. Holy mackerel. The smell. I mean, it's like we kiss before he ever opens the can because later I went. But anyway, I was just thinking be tolerant with one another. And I saw that word complain. There's some mornings he gets too close to where I'm sitting, literally. And one of us has had to move, usually. <laughs> but anyway, it's not that he's at blame or fault. I mean, it's not, the, it's not a sin. He likes it. And it's not a sin that I don't like it. I don't like the smell. No, but you're supposed to tolerate and you're supposed to... I know. Not be judgmental or critical or... From a distance. <laughs> I'll dare bet anyone who doesn't like it like he does... I'd invite you to come to our home for early morning breakfast and see what you would do with that. But I know it's healthy for him. It's just we've learned to keep our well, it's distance. Well, got, it's got those good omega-3 things in them, right? That's a good thing to eat. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, it has nothing to do so with the scripture, my, so but I, I thought... Maybe to even it out, I should share... Go ahead. One of my... <laughs> no, I won't do that. I'm going to let love cover. <laughs> That's good. Honey. No. Okay, so... Colossians 3.13... Be tolerant with one another and forgive one another whenever any of you has a complaint, blame, fault, quarrel against someone else. You must forgive one another. And again, we're talking about a lifestyle. I mean, that's your bent. In fact, you don't even have to go to them and say, I forgive you necessarily. I mean, you just, it's in your heart. Mm -hmm. You see what we're saying? Yeah. And it says, um, you must forgive one another just as the Lord has forgiven you. Yeah. Aren't you glad the Lord's Thank forgiven you. us? Yes. But Father, we just bring this to you now today. This thing of having a lifestyle of, of grace and forgiveness toward one another, but then also toward those that we are praying will become a part of our church family, that they may not be exactly like we are. They probably won't. That's what's healthy. The difference, differences, bringing a strength. And so, Lord, we pray this forth in the name of Jesus. We do pray for that revival. We do pray for awakening. And we do pray that we may receive one another and then also those that come in the future with your grace and with your love and with a lifestyle of forgiveness. We pray this in the name of Jesus and everyone agreeing said, Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So today we want to thank everyone who helped um, with plowing the churchyard, the uh, sidewalks, 
improvisation, I would call it, for this morning, from worship team to the live stream. Um, Joy is actually doing some stuff down there. We just got people who stepped in that maybe normally don't do things like that in the service. Amen. So we're seeing we're that more thankful. and more in our church body. It's happening. We're very thankful for it. Were there any other announcements we had to make or anything? I just want to dispel any rumors. I did text Peter this morning. He said, no baby or labor yet. Naya hasn't been sleeping too well. She says she feels ready to have her any day now. Yeah. I think there's some ladies that can relate to that. Yeah. Thanks for praying for us. We really appreciate it. Yeah. So, That's and, good. Yeah. I want to thank you for not judging me today. It's probably been about 51 years since I've been born. First time I wore a hat in <laughs> church. I don't know if my wife's looking at me, but I didn't shave before I got here. <laughs> we know why. Okay. Okay. Thank you for 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 your love that covers. As far as a hat goes, it says TCC, so it is my Tensoy Community Church hat. So, thank you. That was wonderful. God bless you. You can tell them there's coffee bars. Yep, coffee bar and snacks. Since you made it here, you deserve a thumbs up. So, and uh, yeah, we'd love to visit with you after church. Thanks for watching. Yeah, blessing. We love Online, you. we love you. And bye bye. We'll see you soon. Goodbye. Hallelujah. We'll be up here if anybody does have a prayer request. Yeah, touch base with you. Thanks, Lauren.